Welcome to the Wonder of It All podcast, where we are learning how to live in the sacredness of wonder. Thank you for listening. My name is Angela, and here's your host, my dad, Ben Brewster. Take it away, Dad. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Wonder of It All. Thanks for tuning in today. Uh, where I'm sitting here in Louisiana, it is cold. It is snowy. There is ice. Uh, this is a very rare event for those of us who live in Louisiana, and this is just spectacular because we don't deal with this very much throughout the year, and already twice this winter, we've had two snowfalls. This is by far the biggest. I'm looking at about mm, four four inches of snow, I think. Uh, there's a layer of ice, which of course makes things so much more dangerous, and, and I know that other places around the country ha- have far more snow than we do here in Louisiana. So I hope that you're safe wherever you are. I hope that you're staying warm and, and take care of yourself. Uh, the snow can be fun, but these cold temperatures are nothing uh, to mess around with. So, so take care out there. Let me put into perspective a little bit about how big what we're going through in Louisiana is right now. I I did some research here. The coldest record temperature in the history of Louisiana was February 13th, 1899 in Minden, Louisiana. Now, Minden is literally 20 miles east of where I'm sitting right now. So not far away at all. It's a really neat bedroom community. They they do an incredible fundraiser every year for St. Jude's Children's Hospital. I think they raise, oh my goodness, a million plus dollars. So it's a really, really cool community, a very giving community. But on February 13th, 1899, the coldest temperature in Louisiana was registered in Minden at a negative 16 degrees. That's 16 degrees below zero. By far the coldest record on temperature here in this state. You got to keep in mind that our average low where I live throughout the year is about 55 degrees. That's the average low. And and seriously, when it gets below 70, we start pulling out our coats. It's cold. Okay, we don't do well with cold temperatures. So right now we're way far below what our average low is um, throughout this time of the year, throughout the year. Uh, now, here where I live, it was 15 degrees when I woke up this morning. With the wind and air, all the other factors involved, what, what meteorologists call the real feel, we had a feel of two degrees. So we weren't under zero, but we were pretty close to zero, which is pretty staggering thinking about it. Um, for an area that usually doesn't have a cold winter and usually doesn't see much snow. So I got to thinking as as I looked out the window this morning, I was drinking a cup of coffee and I thought this is a perfect scene for a Hallmark Christmas movie. But what would I call it? What would this story be about? I joked with my wife today, Mindy, and, and I said, you know, here we are two kids who moved south to escape snow and cold and the snow and cold followed us. It's almost like in that in that vein, you could frame it as a um, as being followed, as not being able to escape. Um, I don't know, but here's some titles that others suggested to me about this. Uh, 
Southern Snow. Uh, I mean, there's that, a little, nice little ring to it. Snowy Cajuns. Uh, another suggestion was Snow, Gumbo, and Boudin. Have you guys ever had Boudin? It's this sausage and rice mix. Oh my goodness. It is so incredible. It is so, so good. You've got to try it sometime. Uh, another suggestion was Snowbirds. Uh, another one was Snow Down South. And then someone said, well, what about if you incorporated snow with the whole Mardi Gras theme? Because tomorrow, or today when this uh, is released, is Fat Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday is Ash Wednesday, ending the Mardi Gras season and kicking off Lent. So someone said, what about like Mardi Gras snow? And someone said, well, you could you could spell snow S N. E-A-U-X, like we do a lot of things, go and whatever. You, you could do snow that way, right? And so there are a lot of suggestions. I'm not sure which one I like, but hey, this is pretty incredible to just be able to experience the snow and the cold that we have right now. There's a lot of things I like about snow. I like how when it first comes and it falls, it's it's such a peaceful, pleasant sight. Um, there's something magical, wonderful about it. And it's beautiful to see that freshly fallen snow covering the ground. But what happens when snow lingers for long periods of time, especially on streets, when you have uh, automobiles driving and you see the snow turn into a different color. It becomes uh, a really like ugly kind of color. It, it, it's not that that freshly fallen snow anymore. It looks dirty because it is dirty um, because of, of the traffic on roads. And, and then it doesn't become so pleasant. Then it becomes kind of an eyesore. So I was thinking about how snow relates to our lives, particularly looking through the, the spectrum of faith, and which I often do because as a, as a Christian, I process a lot of things through the lens of faith, uh, making sense of my experiences with what my faith tells me is real, and 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 little things like looking at the snow on a day like this. And I was thinking about times in the Bible where the word snow is used, and how 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 that word is used, and what it s signifies. So if you go back into um, what's called the Old Testament part of the Bible. There's a book uh, written by a prophet named Isaiah. It's like 66 chapters long. It's, it's a pretty lengthy read, but it, it's pretty fascinating. Isaiah was a, was a pretty, um, well, he's an interesting person. And so uh, in the first chapter of that book, um, you know, God would give a message to a prophet and the prophet would share that message with people. And so this message that God gives Isaiah to share with the people who are doing a lot of stuff they really shouldn't be doing. And, you know, God is always concerned when we do things that hurt ourselves and things that hurt others um, because he, he, he intends for something much better than that. So in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18, uh, God gives this message to the prophet Isaiah to tell the people, uh, though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them white as snow. And when I read that, I think of the the freshly fallen snow and how beautiful it is and, and how it just seems to have this purifying, 
cleansing effect uh, in that particular moment. It's it's incredibly uh, profound and meaningful imagery that we uh, can be like snow in that regard. And, and then there, there's another verse in the Bible where, where snow is used that really resonated with me, and that is from Psalm 51, another book in the Old Testament. And, and the Psalms is a collection of songs. Um, if you're a songwriter, if you're a poet, if you're a musician, Psalms is your book because this is a collection of songs. And one of those, uh, or many of them, but the one I want to look at in particular is written by a guy named David. And you probably heard of him, David and Goliath. David became king. Uh, you probably heard a lot of stories about David. But in Psalm 51, he writes this song, uh, a song slash prayer slash poem in which he really pours out his heart. He, he's done something horribly wrong. He, um, he, he took a woman who wasn't his wife. She was married to someone else, and, and there was treachery and deceit and lies, and he, he, he did a lot of things he should not have done. And so a good friend of his, a prophet by the name of Nathan, actually calls him out on this which a lot of people don't want to call out the king because he's the king and you know that can be life-threatening. But Nathan calls him out. And when David really is confronted by everything he's done, his heart breaks. And he writes what we call Psalm 51. And in verse 7 of that psalm, he writes this, Purify me from my sins and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. And it's that imagery that no matter how dirty we get with the mistakes and the sins and our failures, and we don't feel like uh, you know we're good for anything, that, that God can take us and he can cleanse us and purify us and really make us whiter than snow. And I love that imagery, especially on a winter day like this when there's snow covering the ground. But that's not the only imagery we find in the Bible about this cleansing and purifying the New Testament talks about it as well. One of the things I've heard a lot about in ministry is people wrestling with, hey, I, okay, I decided to become a Christian. I was baptized. Um, you know, all my sins were forgiven, but, but I've done a lot more sinning since I was baptized than I did before. So what happens to me then? And it really causes a wrestling match emotionally and spiritually within people. Uh, because we wonder, okay, if if I'm a Christian now and 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 I was told that I have the Holy Spirit living in me, why am I still sinning? Why am I continuing uh, to to make choices that are wrong? And and I think a lot of that has to do with being human and the temptations that we face. And also, I believe this whole thing about following Jesus is a process. It's not a one and done. It's not okay, I, um, I confessed Jesus, I accepted him, and I was baptized, and so I'm good now. I really don't think that's the way that works, and I think that's really cheapening um, the Christian faith when we boil it down to that, as if, okay, everything's cool now, you won't have any problems. I think it goes much deeper than that. And, and so what do we do with, um, what do we do with the things that, that we do that are wrong after we make this commitment? What do we do when we continue to do things that are wrong? And it's not just those who are addicted to, to alcohol or, or drugs or pornography, but we all have addictions in our lives. 
things that we keep going back to. Maybe we're addicted to gossip or maybe we're addicted to slander or maybe we're addicted to negative thinking or uh, being discouraging in the words that we use. You know, we all have an addiction like that. So what does that do with our relationship with God if if we're battling this? Well, I, I think there's a sense that we we own our sins, we recognize them, and we admit them, we own them, uh, we don't excuse them, and we don't blame other people for them. I don't think we can ever own our sins if we're blaming other people for what we did. So that that's the first step. And I think the second step is just um, coming clean with God. And, you know, the Christian faith teaches that God knows everything, uh, but I think there's a desire on his part for us to acknowledge for us to tell him, even though he already knows it. And so I think if we do these things, and, and that doesn't mean sitting every night and trying to remember every single sin that you've committed and, and worrying that you left one out, but it's just kind of having that open, honest relationship with God. And, and the Bible talks about um, what Jesus does for us in this regard throughout our lives. And it's found in, um, I want to read some verses from the book of 1 John chapter 1. It's toward the end of the Bible. It's written by the Apostle John, and he writes this. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. So, this simple statement says, you know, it's very simple. Be honest with God. Be honest with God about your struggles, what's going on. Own your sins, admit them, confess them, and God will prove to be faithful. God remains faithful even when we are unfaithful. And he continues to forgive us and to cleanse us. And that idea of being cleansed is an ongoing process. It's not, I cleanse you 20 years ago. What's your problem? I'm not going to cleanse you anymore. No, it's a continual cleansing that comes because of Jesus. And, and that's something that we learn when we when we really incorporate grace into our teachings, that the grace of God not only secures our salvation, it sustains our salvation. And so if you're beating yourself up this week, if you're wondering if God can forgive you again, the answer is yes. The answer is that God accepts you. He doesn't condone when you do wrong, but he forgives you and cleanses you. And that's a great truth to take on a day like this. When so many of us are looking at snow and we're staying inside where it's warm. But it's a good time to remember the things that really matter in life. And I don't want you to forget how much God loves you how deep his grace is, deeper than the ocean, and is always available to you. He will continue to cleanse you. You don't need to live in fear and regret any longer. Thanks again for listening today. I hope you have a great week ahead of you. Stay safe out there, especially if you're being affected by these winter storms and, and the winter weather, and, and don't take unnecessary risks. But take care of each other, take care of yourself, and keep living in wonder.